So we, we have to do this. We're actually mandated by law to do this, but I don't use it as a business meeting. Like I, I'm gonna show you numbers, but the numbers are not why I get us together. The reason that we do this together is I like to look at what God did through our church last year and the season that we're heading into so that we're all kind of on the same page. Um, so that's why we do this. So you're gonna see some figures. The figures are not the important part of the meeting for me. It's really that we gather together as a community of believers. So the things that we're gonna cover, am I controlling this, Russ, or are you controlling? I'm not sure. I, okay, so I should be able to, which means I should be able to do, ooh, looky there. I love technology, so cool. That means I actually don't even have to sit down. Okay, so this is what we're gonna look over tonight. We're gonna celebrate things in, in 2019. We're gonna look at our giving. We're gonna look at our 2020 vision, and then we have a ton of events coming up. Things starting from women's to men's to Guatemala, all sorts of stuff. So at the end of the, the meeting tonight, you'll have an opportunity to sign up for some of those things um, and be able to be aware of what's going on in the church. Um, so that's what we're gonna cover tonight. So celebrating 2019, what did we do last year? Our goals last year were connecting people to God and God to people, those were our goals. And, and we actually had practical ways that we tried to do that. Um, so we were trying to really go back to basics because sometimes in church, you can really find yourself doing things that are not, um, they're good, but they're not necessarily important. Like there's things that you can do that are good, they're not evil, but they don't necessarily disciple people or build them. And, and I think for a little bit of our time together as a church, you know, this is our 13th year. Can you guys believe that? Ooh, that's a long time. God's faithful. He really is. And, and so we found ourselves not doing the main things as well as we used to. So we returned to basics, which is God and people. That's, that's what that was. So what does it look like back to basics? So it looks like this. We had 65 kids that attended VBS, and we had 45 youth and adults who served in it. Now, for those of you who've been around a while, we do VBS every year. And we keep people coming through and we try to serve them and bless them. We did a marriage summit where we had Chris Anderson come, had 28 couples here just trying to build marriages. The night before the marriage summit, we did a, an event for blended families. And there's a few of you guys here. How was the event for blended families? Was it encouraging to help you guys? Yeah, really good. Um, so we were just trying to do things that help people grow, pour a little bit of energy into their lives. So a couple pictures for you now. There we go, there's our VBS, thanks to Yui Ho. He always brings out his drone and gets a cool picture of all of us. I'm right there in the middle, I can see, I'm playing, I can't see me. Okay, and then, then we had our marriage summit, this is our couples, they're doing, a, we had to do a practice events together, work through stuff. It was kind of cool, I'm terrible at it, but it was cool. Um, so the other part of connecting people to God, so these are other events. Um, we did a youth retreat, retreat in June, we had 18 youth that attended and uh, several adults that survived <laughs> who, who managed them. Um, our Good Friday experience, we had 115 people come through and tour our Stations of the Cross, and um, we're, we're gonna do that again this year and, and hopefully refine it even a little bit more, like just try to get excellent at what we do. Like we are a smaller church, but we have a high level of excellence. We don't like doing things that are, are not well done, and, and so we wanna make sure that we're attending to that sort of stuff. So, especially with a lot of the transition we've experienced. We have some newer people enrolled, so we wanna make sure we help them be successful. We wanna make sure that we're around them. So I'm talking to some of you older folk. You need to help some of the newer people understand the values of, of what we hold. If we're gonna do it, we wanna do it well, and we wanna do it in a way that honors God. Um, we also did a, a summer kickoff and a, a fall harvest. Those are our outdoor services. We brought in a guy who smoked meat. The other time we did tacos. Um, we ate way too much food again, because that's what we do well together. And we play volleyball and we do games and just have a party. 
Um, so th those are a couple of the other things. There's Kevin's backside leading worship and Matt's backside leading. I'm playing, but that's our, our one of our outdoor services. Um, and then uh, again, along the lines of connecting people to God, we did our men's discipleship group, and we had 25 guys who committed and stayed through the entire thing. You know, people missed a meeting or two here and there, but I think we had a total of 27 that showed up, and probably 23 of the 27 made, geez, probably six or seven of the nine, eight or nine meetings we did. And it's pretty remarkable how consistent the guys were and how invested they were. Um, we are going to be starting that up again in a couple weeks and doing another window together. Um, we also did the living room service, which I don't know if you guys recall this. We were doing small groups a couple years ago, and what was happening was we had all of the elders running a small group, and we were all teaching similar or the same material. So you got four guys studying the same material, teaching groups, and, and we were all just burning up. And I thought, well, is there another way for us to do this and gather community, like not lose our community element, um, but not burn us all out, you know, having four guys studying the same material. So we went to a midweek model with small group components. So we get together, a couple of songs of worship, we do a teaching together, and then we break into groups. For those of you who are in it, you know, it was really cool. Um, we did honors reward the first half of the year, and the second half of the year, um, we did uh, Financial Peace University. How many of you guys were in Financial Peace? Show me your hands. Pretty remarkable, remarkable how much it changed our church's life. When I say remarkable, this is a nine-week result. So from when we started to when we finished, non-mortgage debt, we paid off $105,000. That that's 19 families surveyed right there. $105,000 in nine weeks. That's remarkable. And then saved in addition almost another 40000 And look at all the credit cards we got rid of, cut up. You know, people just not living in debt choosing to live free, choosing to live with a cash sort of a system in their life. So really a remarkable thing. You know what was fascinating about it is when you look at it giving, normally when you hit the holiday season, um, I'd just be honest with you, people, they're generous outside of the church, but they stop tithing. So if you want to give away Christmas gifts, you guys are all about it. But in terms of your, your consistent giving, a lot of times people don't because they're trying to pay for Christmas. We didn't see that this year. We didn't see that. We ran financial peace, and what I watched is people stayed faithful to their, their giving. So normally we see a dip in those months. Our months didn't dip. They actually went up a little bit. So it was really a good thing. So to me, that's discipleship. We could actually look and say, wow, like people actually grew instead of shrinking back or, or living in fear. So financial peace was a, really a huge success, huge success. <clears throat> Um, again, connecting people back to basics. We, we wanted to make sure that we refocused on worship, we refocused on ministry, and that we refocused on community. Um, because I think those are all areas that we do well. Our worship environment, I think, really grew. I, I mean, Kevin at the lead of our Sunday worship, but Kevin, ooh, Kevin, come on, Kevin, Kevin, yeah. No, but, but really, you know, Kevin's done really a great job of putting together a worship ministry. We've always had worship that kind of people were in, people were out, and now we have a really consistent team. I mean, there's always struggles in running ministry. You guys understand that. But as a whole, the, the worship ministry is very, very stable. And, and we have a really good worship culture in our church right now. I think some of what, what I talked about this morning, we want excellence, like we want to do well, but what we have is we actually have people who desire to worship. You know, I don't think we're the most polished worship group out there. I don't. 
You know, I've got a brother and two daughters who are on that worship team. I don't think we're the most polished, but we're worshipful. When we come together, we do have intent to get into the presence of God. And I think it shows in the worship environment in our church. Our, our ministry environment overall, I think, was very good. It, what, what I noticed huge growth in, there was a lot of growth in like our counseling ministry, like Russell did uh, oversee shepherd staff. There was a lot of shepherd staff counselors <clears throat> and, a, and a lot of VIPs who went through, people who needed some discipleship to help get through some, some areas of life. So we saw real growth there. In our community, what we saw in our inward community is it's really strong. And, it, and that's traditionally, our church has always been strong. How many of you guys are here because you feel connected? I mean, tonight, you're here eating food together because you found friends, you found, you know, a, a pastor that you love and adore. No, I'm playing. <laughs> but you found a spiritual community that you belong to. That's always been our strength. For 13 years, we've done that really well. The thing that, that, that I think we still need to grow in, and it's, it's up there, our 2020 plans, we have to increase our outward community. We do a really good job of caring for each other. We don't do as good a job as we used to going outside of the walls of the church. So that is gonna be, you'll see, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get to our goals, but that is where we're at. So just some, some pictures of us worshiping. Pretty sure that's Ishmael's big bald head in there. But he ain't here for me to tease him, what the heck? <clears throat> so now connecting God to people. This is some of the stuff that we did go out and do. Um, we have Lions Boys Home, which is um, six boys who are in basically a step less than being in juvie. So a bunch of guys go out once a month, they cook food, we brought them Christmas gifts, brought them a Christmas tree, decorated the tree with them. So we're just going there building a relationship, trying to teach these kids and grow with these kids, help them find a little bit of stability in their life. And then we did our coat and glove drive for the homeless. A lot of that was distributed through John and Marcy. Um, Guatemala, we're still way invested in Guatemala. We still support the orphanage in Mexico and we still support the, the children's homes in Thailand. Um, I'd like to go back to Thailand. I'm, I'm praying about, do we need to try to set up a trip maybe in the next couple of years to get back into Thailand? The trouble with going to Thailand is that it's super expensive to go. The ministry is very, very good, but it, it's expensive to take a team. You, know, you take a team of 10 people to Thailand, it'll cost you $30,000, $35,000 to get them there. It's expensive. Um, so, but I would still like to be in Thailand. We still support them financially. We just haven't sent a team there in a few years. And then we do a lot of work with Olive Crest. This is Safe Families and some of the other stuff. So probably our biggest highlight this year was this. We adopted a village in, in Guatemala, which um, there'll be a couple more pictures. So let me, let me keep going. So this is what we did in Guatemala this year. First, we sent two teams. Now that's a new one for us. We've never sent two missions teams in a single year. Let me help you guys. I'm a pastor of a church. I know other pastors of churches. When I tell people that we sent two international teams, they're like, a church your size did that? Most churches our size send a team like every other year, every three years. They don't send two teams in one year. So very aggressive missions program that we've got going right now. In that, we rescued three babies. So babies who were on the edge of death, we went in, brought them back to the hospital and helped them get well. And we funded that. Um, we adopted Los Achotes Village, which is beautiful. It's way up in the highlands. Um, and we accomplished the water project. We paid for that. That was a, a $12,000 endeavor to bring fresh water into the village. While we were there, we distributed in the two trips about 200 food bags, feeds a family of four for about a week or so. That's a big deal. Like these, these are families really struggling. We distributed shoes. I wanna say nearly 200 pairs of shoes in the village. 
Um, we brought school supplies. We gave away Bibles. And then you go and you serve them and you bless them and you pray with the pastor. It was, we did a foot washing thing with the pastor that was really, really cool. I mean, while we were doing it, they were in tears while we were blessing them. Really, really a neat thing. So for some of you who are like, oh, just go down the street. Well, go down the street too. But sometimes it's important to get out of your comfort zone and go serve somebody that's less fortunate. Um, so this is a little girl drinking out of the water that we provided for them. I actually love that. That's one of my favorite pictures. Because that is really, we did that. Like, I know God did it through us, but we did that. We went there, we funded it, we helped celebrate it, we cut the ribbon, and now we're, we're going to be going in to, to do some other stuff there. That's some of our 2020 vision. Other stuff we did with Olive Crest, and this is a lot of celebrating. Like, I don't know if you guys realize how much stuff we do as a church every year. This is all stuff that we've given away. We just bless other people. Um, we did the Easter basket, towel drives, donated 50 Easter baskets um, with towels for the homes. Um, we did a backpack drive where we donated 50 backpacks, Thanksgiving food baskets, 40 food baskets and gift cards. And Christmas, be a miracle, we donated 56 gifts. So lots and lots of ministry. There's a picture of the backpacks ready to go. And now that's all the celebration. So I want to pause and say, can we... <clears throat> And we didn't get into every single nitty-gritty, but we gave you a good snapshot of how much stuff we did last year, just being a blessing to other people. Um, so 2019, now this is the business stuff, and wow, that's small. My eyes are good, and they're not glad, that good. So our, our overall income last year, overall giving, 409000 And you'll see how it breaks out. Here, I'm going to do it this way because I'll be able to actually read it. You see how it breaks out. There's some designated giving and some special money. Those are those smaller two numbers, 14 and 28. But our tithes and offerings were 366, almost $367,000 last year. That's, that's really good for a church our size. Year-to-year -year comparison, our giving did go down a little bit year-to-year. -year. Um, overall, not down very much because there was such a transition in our church last year. Like, I don't know if you remember all the people retiring, moving out of state. Families that had been part of our church for a long window of time, they moved and retired and things like that. Well, that affects your overall income. But for us to be that stable, to not be very far off, to, to have you know, 30 or 40 people transition out of your church that are committed people. I, you know, you guys know, I don't look, I don't know who gives, I don't know who doesn't. But it's a high likelihood that somebody that's been in your church for six, eight, or 10 years are probably financially committed. So for there not to be an enormous dip in our giving was really, really cool. Um, so you see the comparisons there, though, year to year. Um, and this is just, we try to grab things in big categories so that you can see them. This is us being accountable. Like, we don't waste the money. There's no Pastor James fund that says he's getting rich. Nothing like that. We just break it down. So our total salaries were 176000 Facility and operations, that's like our building stuff, 127000 um, General administrative, this is everything from copying to ink to things around the office. That's 39,000. Then our programs and operations, which our giving is in that number, that number there is not all our giving, um, was 80,000. And we actually ran a net negative of 14. Now that's the first time in 13 years we ran negative. But we ran negative because, let me show you. Uh, come on. Well, first, bank balance. We have almost $90,000 in the bank. So we're not broke, so you guys know. But that 14 did come out of that. That, that number was over 100,000 last year, just to be real. But this is why it went down so much. Last year, if you add those numbers up, that's about $65,000. That's our church tithing. 
That's us giving money away. So when you look at you know, $400,000 of income and you see 65 of it go out, I think we did a pretty good job. What do you guys think? So we blessed people. We gave a lot of money away. And this is us being a blessing not only to people in the church, benevolence. That's people in need. They need a bill paid, something along those lines. Our foreign stuff is all of our international stuff, Guatemala, Thailand, Mexico, et cetera. Um, local is the stuff that we do around here. And our community outreach are the events that we run. So it costs money to run events. That's what all, all that money is going outside of us to bless other people. So that's really great. Somebody say yes. That's good. So what's ahead? So how am I doing on time, Melinda? I'm, she's going to pay me five bucks when we're done. She said, I couldn't, she said I couldn't do it in an hour, although we still got a bit ahead of us. <laughs> no, so that's the recap. So really, I want to say this. We did a great job serving other people last year. We were healthy as a church. We ran a lot of events. You know, can I tell you as the pastor, this is the least tension we've ever experienced with just people like people upset with one another, people upset with me, people upset with ministry leaders. It was non-existent last year. It was beautiful. I mean, you know, I, I know you guys think it's church. You guys all love each other. We're still people. <laughs> We're still people in the mix. So it was really, really nice to have just this real sense of unity around our church. And so I just want to say way to go because it was nice um, for myself and the elders and the other leaders. It's easy to lead people who want to follow. It's really, really cool. So what's ahead in 2020? So what are we? There it goes. Okay, so we, we basically have two goals that we want to really get after this year. And the first one is our, our outreach stuff. We want to continue our global outreach. We don't want to change anything with our Guatemala. Um, we have still more work to do in Los Achotes and more work to do in Guatemala. Um, you know, really, I want to encourage you. Some of you need to pray about going because you really, like, I, I love y'all. Like, for those of you who are afraid of it, um, let's see, how can I tell you what Guatemala is like? I'm almost embarrassed to say this up front, but I'm going to tell you what Guatemala is like. The work in the ministry is pretty tough, and it's kind of hot down there. And then you come back to the base, and it's like you're on vacation. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's got a really beautiful pool. It's got a cafe where you can actually go order coffee drinks. The food is remarkable. Like, those of you who have gone with me, am I telling the truth right now? Come on, help me out. It's legit. Like, you're going to gain weight. You're going to eat good food. Everywhere you go is completely safe. Now, listen, if you're sitting there going, Nami, I ain't going to Guatemala, fine. Then help somebody else go. That, no problem. You don't have to be the person putting your hands on people. But we should, as a church, both be sending and helping people go and serve and do the ministry that's there. So some of you are like, yes and amen, and I, I agree with that, too. Um, so the thing that we really want to focus on, though, is we need to grow our local community outreach. So we used to really have a pretty vibrant outreach to the poor and a lot of um, extensions of ourselves out into the community. So we're going to talk in a second about some of the things that we're looking at doing with that. And then the second thing is this, and it's an equipping center. And, you know, I, I want to tell you guys a story, and this is where I'm going to lose the bet to Melinda. <laughs> so um, I went out to, to coffee with Dave Collins. Some of you guys know who Pastor Dave is. Um, Dave is a mentor to me, so we sit and I bounce ideas off of him, and he helps me to think outside of, like, if you're in it, sometimes it's hard to see things that are obvious because you're in it. Um, so I was sitting with Dave, and, and I was kind of just picking his brains, like, like, how do you know what's the, the best way to push towards stuff? Like, how do you know when you really, 
any, and we were talking about different leaders and people in the church and how do you know how to like mobilize them? And, he, and this is at the very beginning of our time. We're together about two hours, you know, in total. So at the very beginning of our time, he said, anytime you talk with somebody, there's, there's a moment of passion. He goes, and you'll know it when it happens. It'll, it'll like, it'll spark. Like they, they engage, they come alive, they're excited. And he just started to kind of, he goes, but you'll know it when it happens. So then we're talking through and we covered all sorts of stuff, stuff about trying to do some conference things and, and other stuff around this um, kind of a, a equipping center, this idea of building destinies. And, and I said, you know, I really like some of the stuff that you partnered to do with Rob over at the refuge. You know, some of you guys know who the refuge is, some of you don't. And, and they partnered together to do some training stuff. Now, I don't want to be them so that you understand. We're us, we're not them. And we're called to have our DNA and, and, and while we were talking about it, he goes, well, what do you see? And I, and I, and I just said, man, I go, you know, Dave, I just, I'm, I want to see people fulfill their destiny. Like this idea that we would equip them and they would be released, released into the marketplace to do their job in a Christ-like manner and, and be able to have a, a right answer when people face difficulty to equip them to be worship leaders and, and youth leaders and do stuff. And, and, and as soon as I was just like this, I was like, oh my gosh, I, that's what I see. I just see people getting released and launched. And I stopped and he smiled at me and he goes, that was a passion moment. I go, what? And he goes, remember at the beginning, that was a passion moment. That bubbles inside of you because your destiny is associated with building people, discipling them. He goes, so you need to focus your energy on building that. Equipping people to become who God designed them to be. Like, I, I'm concerned that the Christian community doesn't have the ability to defend their faith anymore. And I don't mean argue with people. I mean, even to know what's right and wrong. Like, sometimes I talk to people who've been believers a long time, and whether it's an issue of morality around, you know, the sexual revolution we're experiencing today, or whether it's something around honoring leaders and our, our presidents in the middle of an attempt impeachment, you know, whether that's right or wrong, that's not even the statement I'm making. But our country is so, so divided. How do you, how do you live in that kind of a world and know how to keep your sense and your faith so that people don't think you're just some wacko, you know, like, what the heck does this guy think? To have a, a, a ready answer, a reason for the hope that lies in them, to be able to do that. So when I think of, like, an equipping center building destinies, for me, that is, how do I help if somebody walks into our church and says, I want to be a pastor, how do I help them get there? Somebody walks in and says, I, I want to be a, a businessman who honors God. How do I help them get there? Watch, let me say this differently. Somebody walks in and wants to become something. How do we help them get there? Because so much of what's happened historically in our church is it's revolved around my energy. And I don't care about my energy, but it's kind of like you're the pastor. You're the one called and gifted to do that. You know what I'm learning more and more? I have my gifts and you have yours, and they're not the same thing. I don't do what I do without you doing what you do, and vice versa. We help each other. This is a relationship where we all grow together. We become who God has designed us to be. So one of our, our goals this, this year is going to be outreach, the, the local stuff. I want to get back into Mexico. The other stuff is an equipping center, and, and I'll show you kind of how we're going to start this. And then I think that this is really a two to three year kind of a deal before it looks like something that I have in my head. So let's see. So this is a statement that I made to Tracy and she wrote it down. And I said, we thrive when we do life together with a spiritual emphasis. That's our church. That is how our church, 
Listen, we get together, we eat food, and then we talk about what Jesus is doing us, and our church comes alive. We go and we do something that is outward-oriented, whether it's seeing Christmas carols, giving away baskets, feeding the homeless, doesn't matter what it is. We gather, we laugh together, we have fun, and then we serve people, and we, we thrive. Our church is super healthy when we do that. When we don't do that, and in my honest opinion, we've struggled to do that some in the last few years. When we don't do that, we, we lose our identity. We forget who we are. So that's why I'm bringing some of this stuff to you because it's not, it's, you know, us praying and our ideas to say, hey, this is where our church needs to go. But at the end of the day, it's not me, it's us. See, some of you need to realize that God has called and placed a destiny on you to pour your energy and gift back into the body. And it's not mine, it's yours. You know, like, like I, I'm going to single you out, Rob. I hope you're okay with that. So most of you guys know Rob. Rob um, has been part of our church forever. Um, went away for a few years, came back. And as soon as he walked in, I'm like, what's God up to? And we started talking. And I said, man, we need, a, we need to launch an intercessory ministry. And he's like, yeah. Now, if you know Rob, that's like his wheelhouse. That's like you put him in spiritual environments where it gets all warm, fuzzy, Holy Spirit stuff. He, he and Caesar joined at the hip, man. That's, <laughs> you know, they both roll the same, but that's their gifting. That's where they, so I said, man, will you help us get this going? We need a, a, an intercessory team in our church. And he's like, yes, I think that you're gonna see some stuff like that happening. Can I do that? Yeah, should I do that? No, no. Doesn't mean I shouldn't show up to pray sometimes. But I, I, how many plates can I spin? Before it's like, okay, then it becomes either the James show or none of you grow into what your destinies are. So our goal, and I've said this for years, your goal in ministry is to work yourself out of a job. That's your goal. You should always have somebody that you're trying to push into the role that you're in right now. Get yourself out of that job and then go put your hand to something else. That's how we grow as a spiritual community. So let's talk about a few things. Our global outreach stuff, um, Guatemala, village projects, baby rescues, missions trips. Mexico, we're gonna continue the support. Thailand, we're gonna continue the support. Don't have trips planned to Thailand. Intending to go scout Mexico again, back to the orphanage, see if we can't reintegrate. So that you guys know this was our missions plan, it was our missions model. We would do local outreach as step one. We would do Mexico as step two. Then we would do international stuff, Thailand, Cambodia, Guatemala as step three. Because I know this, that people, if, if they get a heart for it, they will go into all of those different arenas, they'll grow. And sometimes like, I remember the first time Tracy and Russell went down to Mexico. Nobody had any idea that there was missions blood in them, not even them. Now who runs our missions program? <laughs> they do, oh, Tracy primarily, but that they discovered their destiny. Now the beautiful thing about that is I'm not in the middle of it. I still go, I love it, I promote it, but we're gonna have trips to Guatemala whether I'm on one or not. That's the way churches, that's healthy. It shouldn't revolve around one person doing everything. Uh, and, and we've gotten into that trap a little bit. The other community outreach stuff is just, the first one is simple. Everything we do has gotta become outreach oriented. So like as an example, I'll give you guys an example. We did our, our outside event, our Harvest Festival. We didn't have a banner on the fence. I mean, that's as low level as it gets. <laughs> you know, print something, stick it on the fence and say, come, enjoy tacos, hang out with us. You know, so you start to promote. 
Some of it is gonna be inviting your friends, like getting you to invite people. Get it on social media, get it on the radio. I don't know if you guys remember when we did the, la the last, really, my wife ran it, I remember this all too well. The last monstrous harvest festival we did was out front. It was amazing. I, Joe, you remember, you were setting up pins in the middle of hay. Yeah, my back still hurts. <laughs> but I mean, we had people deep frying Twinkies, we had the dunk tank, and you we got a picture slow-mo of me getting dunked. I mean, it was super fun. But our church ran an event, oh man, I wanna say, we had to have over 2,000 people here. I mean, it was crazy. Fun, big. And we went, okay, this is a lot. Well, I think our church is kind of cycling back around to where we can open it up to being a little bit better, a little bit more outreach oriented than what we've seen. So some of it is just easy. Just invite the community. It's not doing anything crazy. Just welcome the people in the neighborhood into it. We're gonna to continue to do all of Crest, safe families. We're gonna to continue to do the Lions Boys Home. These are all things that are already on it. Now, we've got a San Bernardino Park outreach that just started. John and Marcy are handling that. That's on Wednesdays. They meet here at 1230. They put together sandwiches. They went out the first time with, with I think he said, 25 sandwiches. Said they were gone in a second. He said there, there were so many people. The second time they went out, there was 40. I was hoping to be able to pick on John. I don't see him here tonight. So I don't know how the second outreach went because I haven't had a chance to talk with him yet. But we want to grow that. So some of you are like, but I work in the daytime, Pastor. That doesn't fit me. Don't worry, we're, we've got more coming. The other thing is that I went out and visited, um, how many of you guys remember Joe Annunziato? Joe, Joe was around way when we started the church. And Joe's on the board over at Water of Life East, and Joe and I have been friends for a really long time. So Joe has got a heart for the community. He runs a company, owns a company called Serenzia Foods. It's a food distribution company. So he's just as, from the time he started his business, he's always had within their, their you know, whatever purview, to give food away. They've always done it. He said, that's the success of our business, that we've always been generous. So he started something called Adopt-A-Block. They went into a neighborhood. This one is in Muskoy. They have the mobile medical unit out from Water of Life. So there's actually portable med medicine that comes. And I want to say there was at least 40 people waiting in line to be seen. And it's everything from, hey, I've got a cold, to I've got this cut that's infected, to I, you know, I need meds, diabetes, all that kind of stuff. They, it's a full medical clinic. And so I got introduced. Now, I used to sit on the board for Medi Mobile Medical. I helped put together all the Title 22, all the stuff that got them up and running before they were up and running. That was part of my job when I was at Water of Life. Well, now I'm there and I'm watching this big thing and they're serving people. And then over here, they're cooking hot dogs. And over here, they're distributing food. And over here, they're giving away clothing. And I went, wow, I go, this is cool. I said, Joe, can we bring people? He said, yeah, what do you want to do? They got a prayer tent. And some of you have been around a long time. You've been with us when we've done this. We used to do it in San Bernardino. So we're going to gather together. We go out once a month. So we're going to piggyback on Joe and then look and see what God does. Maybe we'll end up launching our own. That's my hope that we would. But, but listen, you know how that happens? Somebody in this room is supposed to lead that. You're like, oh, shoot, <laughs> God's talking to me. I don't know if he's talking to you. Somebody in this room is supposed to lead that because this is what happens. Well, pastor, are you going? Oh, then I'm not going to go. That should never be the model of ministry. The model of ministry should be that people find their destiny, they step into it, and they pull other people with them to go bless others. Listen, one of the things that's new about our church, and for you, um, you seasoned Christians in the room, <laughs> 
We have a huge retired community in our church today. Watch, by show of hands, how many of you in the room are retired? Look at, look at around, look around. That's not all of them. That's remarkable. You know what that means? You guys have Wednesdays. Go feed. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I don't know that you're called to do that. I, I'm just saying. But that is how it works. That you say, yes, I'll take charge on this. And we'll work with you to be successful. That's not the issue. But if it only points back to me or it points back into the office, it'll last for a little bit and then it'll fade to not. So we don't want that. We want somebody to own what the ministry is and then pull people along with them and go be a blessing. So we want to establish connections also with assisted living and retirement communities. Now we've already got a connection with Carola, the gal who we do the, the caroling with, and she's like, we want people to come. So what I see there is like, what if we went into an assisted living spot and we brought church to them once a month? I mean, would that be cool? You go in, you do a little you know, worship session, you do a little 10 minute Bible study, and then you sit with, with elderly folks who don't have anybody loving on them. That, that, I think that would really be a blessing. So um, I, I talked to Danny Carolla's husband, and Danny's like, oh, she would love it if you guys were willing to do that. But watch, somebody has to lead that. Somebody's got to take it and say, I will take that pastor. I'll get three or four or five or eight of us to go down, and we'll do a couple of songs of worship. We'll be a blessing. We can organize the place but we need somebody to own it. We need somebody to say, listen, all I'm saying to you is this right now. You need to pray. And then if God says it's you, don't say no. <laughs> Just roll with God. You'd be surprised what it'll do through your life if you say yes to him. So those are the things that we're targeting. We're already do what, what we've been doing, but we want to target a few new things. We want to build the, the midweek outreach. We want to connect into Adopt-A-Block, and we want to establish a connection with an assisted living community. So I need you to pray. Because I put the vision in front of you right now, and now I step back and say, okay, God, if that's what you want done, put it on people's hearts to step up. Because that's how it happens. Okay, so how am I doing on time, Melinda? Am I, am I winning money yet? <laughs> hey, woohoo! <laughs> There's dessert to be eaten. And, uh, I don't, you don't need to buy me Starbucks. Okay, so now for the equipping center thing. I want to share with you my heart on this, um, which I, I, you might win. I mean, no, but the equipping center for me, I've always had a dream to build a training center within a church, like a place where people can come and get equipped to do what their life is called to. Like, and there's a lot of different ways to approach it. You can teach it more like, I'm going to teach you how to be a pastor. My goal is this. I want to teach you how to be a believer want to teach you how to be comfortable praying with folks. And I'm not talking about in the church, I'm talking about outside of the church. What I've seen today, and, and it's, it's disheartening for me, as a whole, the Christian community is silent. We're good with each other. We're warm and fuzzy with each other. But stepping outside of the walls, being a blessing in our workplaces, and, and sometimes being a blessing and being covert, like under the radar, like being you know, wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove kind of thing. Like, I don't want anybody getting fired because they're talking about Jesus. But I don't want you not talking about Jesus. And sometimes you do that through kindness, not through words, but just being willing to be servant-hearted. So I started to look at that, and I thought, man, our church needs some fresh wind, some fresh teaching, some fresh exposure. So I sat down with Pastor Dave, and I said, Dave, help me think through this some. 
I said, because my vision is kind of this. I would like to see us do a couple of conferences this year. I think it would be really cool to bring in somebody to teach prophetic ministry. I think it'd be really cool to bring in somebody who does something on relationships and, and, and not just building healthy marriages, but building healthy thought process about people. So I already have a couple people targeted. I'm just praying about, do I call that person? But we'd like to see that, you know, like where you do something on Friday night and it carries over into Saturday, you feed people lunch because we eat, amen? We do. But something where you equip people outside of you hearing me. Like, I know you guys love me, and I'm not being even funny. I know you guys love me. I know that you like the way I teach the Bible. But sometimes you need a different anointing than what I bring. You need a fresh wind. You need something to stir you up. Like, watch, watch. Just by show of hands, I'm curious. How many of you have received a prophetic word in the last, say, year? Last year. Prophetic word. Somebody giving you a personal prophetic word. One, two, three, four. So five, six, six, seven of you. That's not very many in a room this big. What if we had a prophetic community? What if we were equipped and trained and confident about sharing what God puts on our heart for other people? Sometimes you need somebody to equip you with how to do that. Some of you are like, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing to nobody. Okay, that may not be your gift. That's okay. But I do know this, that if we equip you, you can be released into something that is far outside of what you would normally do untrained. So I kind of see like, I think it'd be really cool if we did a couple conferences. I, I would like us to do some Sunday nights of worship where we bring in a guest speaker. So it's just a fresh breath. Maybe somebody comes in and talks about healing. Someone comes in and talks about prayer. Someone comes in and talks about prophecy. Doing that three, four, five times this year. That's what I'm targeting. Conference or two, four or five, and then you just carry that over into the next year. So you start to bring this where there's fresh voices coming into the church. You know, I, I was talking with Rob and then also with Dave Collins about this. He said, you really need to start to push that there's a, the other office gifts start to get released in your church. So I'm the pastor, and some of you guys, when you don't know what I, what I mean by that, I'm speaking of like apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Like you should have people in your church that, that have a mantle of that kind of gifting in your church. So where you have a prophetic voice that consistently can speak into the church. It's direction. You have a pastor, that's me. Teacher, that's me. You also have somebody who's evangelistically oriented. Like, I love you all. Our church is not very evangelistic. We love each other. We do. But watch, just by show of hands, when was the last time you witnessed to somebody in here? Not, not in here, outside. Told somebody about Jesus. One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine of you, ten of you maybe. Not, that's pretty good, actually. Way to go. But as a whole, it's not a, not a strength of our church. I would like to see that grow, though. And sometimes those things grow because somebody comes in and they infuse it, they impart it. Like they have a presence of the Spirit of God on them. They show up, they teach you a little bit, and it deposits on you. It's kind of like when somebody does a cannonball, they're soaking wet, but you get splashed at least, you know what I mean? That's kind of how it works. So I want to see some fresh breath, some fresh wind, some fresh life come into our church. I know what I know. I think our church is really healthy right now. I really do. I look around our church and I think there's a lot of hunger. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of unity. There's a lot of desire. I don't see, like, honestly, as I look, even Nora's agreeing with me. There's nothing negative right now. There really isn't. There's nothing negative in our church. It's healthy. It's, it's unified. I think, 
I think Jesus would come to our church and like it. And I don't just say that as a passing statement. I really believe that. We are genuinely people lovers. We're genuinely friendly. We're genuinely trying to pull people into the community. And I think that's really, really beautiful. So I'm proud of us as a church, so you know. Even when I point out things I think we need to grow in, it's not because I'm angry with it. I just think we need to grow. It's what I said this morning. God, God is easy to please, but he's almost never satisfied. He always wants us to just step up a little bit more, pour our lives out for him a little bit more. So you guys good with that? Outreach to the community, building, building an equipping center. I want us to grow. I love that we're a healing church. I'm going to say this kind of directly. Love that we're a healing church. It's time for some of us to start eating meat and stop drinking milk. That's just the truth. And I don't mean that if you're like, man, I'm still drinking milk. It's okay. Enjoy the bottle. Know this, though. There's a chunk of meat coming soon. I'm just saying. I want us to grow up as a church and as a community to not live in cycles of brokenness, but to get well, to step up, and heal others. That's what we're called to do as a church. So that's where we're going this year. And I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really fun. I think we're probably going to have a few wild Holy Spirit nights where, you know, where I have to do some damage control after, but I love that kind of stuff. And people, that guy, he freaked me out. I know, but didn't he touch everybody? It's awesome. Yeah, sometimes you get a little too safe as believers and, and then it gets stale. I don't want us to be stale. So a little damage control is good, but too much is not, okay? I don't, I don't want to be the emergency center. I don't mind being a doctor, though, okay? Okay, so let's, let's go. Let's see. So we're going to host the conference, as I said, bring in some guest speakers, and just really get a fresh wind of the Spirit. What is God saying to Summit in this season? That's what I believe that we're supposed to really press toward. Um, and, and so that you guys know, like... Um, it, it, and I'm trying to think of a, of a good way to say this without sounding negatively negative about me. In the past probably two months, three months, it's the most fun I've had doing church in probably the last three or four years. So I, I just really, really have a sense of God's hand on things. I really have a sense of, of his direction, a real comfort level with just allowing him to own his church. And I don't know if you guys feel that. Do any of you guys feel that? Like the sense of it's vibrant, it's kind of alive, it feels good, healthy? Okay, I'd like three of you. The rest of you worry me a little. I was kind of hoping for more than that. But I do feel like there's this real sense of health. And, and um, I, I'm just really grateful that I think God has brought that kind of around. Because if you've been through a difficult season, you know that it, it, difficult seasons are difficult. That's why we call them that, <laughs> you know? But I think we're really in a very, very healthy season. Uh, and so, so some of y'all know, um, I've had uh, probably four different prophetic words that you'll see a return. That, that people who have left for a variety of reasons, some of them really good reasons, some of them not good reasons, they said, you're going to see it cycle back around. You're going to see people return. And, and that's exciting for me because I like seeing uh, our church community. I, I'll say it like this. People that have left our church, 100% of the comments I get, 100%, not most of them, 100%, I can't find a church that has that kind of family connection like Summit does. Cross the board, people that have moved out of state, they're in Vegas, they're in Idaho, they're in Montana, and they say, we find good churches, but not like Summit. See, we have a unique DNA, and it's very...
family-oriented. And, and some people are going to come back around to that. Some people need to be introduced to it for the first time. Another, I've received a couple other words that I'm, I'm moving into a season not only of people returning, but for me as a pastor, I'm moving into a season where my role is more like a father than just the leader of the church. And, and that's kind of a little scary because I don't think I'm that old. Like a father to my 20-year-old? Sure. A father to my 70-year-old? No. <laughs> I mean... But I do know that there's a season of how God is um, anointing me right now, that that's the role that he's positioning me in. And I'm just trying to listen and walk with it and learn from it. And, but I'm excited about it. I think we're in a really, really healthy season as a church. Okay, so I don't want to lose the bet to Melinda, so I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm, I'm really playing it. Um, you know what? Let me, let me, because I think, well, hold on, let me see what's my next slide. Okay, next slide is questions. So questions. So any thoughts, concerns, uh, Elisa? Um, I can connect you into FPU, but it'd be through East. I do know they're gonna run another class. Um, and as I understand it, I don't have the details yet. They're running a second class for those who already went through it, like kind of like a follow-up. But I don't know the details. Uh, they canceled, I wasn't able to make the last meeting, and they canceled the next meeting. So um, there's no meeting tomorrow, so I won't be able to find out the details. So I'll probably just email Mark Actually, will you do that, Tracy? Email Mark and let's see if we can't get any information. That way I can give it to you. Um, the, the class, it's a remarkable class. It will challenge you, not going to lie. Yeah, it'll challenge you. You'll be like the Financial Peace University. It was, it was really good, though, but it was also really, really helpful. I mean, we've paid off a ridiculous amount of debt as a result of the class, so really cool. Um, other questions? Questions, questions. Yes, to me. Yep. And we're all ears. I, I, um, I like the, the ambitious person in me goes, we can do four of these this year. My staff looked at me like, you're nuts. <laughs> Why don't we just do one and see how it goes? I'm like, okay, let's do one and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, if you have some ideas, um, for sure. That's Bobby. Um, no, it, I want to target all church. For married couples, we actually had a, a marriage um, summit on the calendar, and we weren't able to get the date and the speaker to connect. They, they weren't available when the church was, so we're going to have to revisit that. So it'll happen later in the year. So no, it'll be separate. The goal is for it to be separate from that. So if somebody did come in and speak, because um, one of the people I'm targeting is somebody who's really gifted in speaking about relationships, I would tell her, I don't want you to speak about marriage. I want you to speak about relationships. I want it to be open to everybody in the body. So there will be some that are targeted toward marriages, but that's not my goal. That, that's separate. Liz. Um, as it sits now, we are planning to run VBS. Um, I don't know if we've gotten that far into it. Have we yet, Tracy? Oh, yeah, they know more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> There's times I should hand somebody else a mic and let them answer. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're taking signups now. Um, and as I understand it, I think we're running it similarly to what we did last year. Is that accurate? So the, we'll, we're, we'll hit all the signups in just a second. Um, so yes, VBS is happening. Uh, more to follow. I, you, I know that you guys all think I run the place, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sammy. With finding, finding what it is. No, because there's, there's probably, I mean, it's something I would want to get better at. I mean, I do a pretty good job with Spanglish. I, they, they all joke. They say I sound like a three-year-old, but I know where bathrooms are, and I know how to feed myself, so I'm good with that. But I would like to become more conversational. Like, I know the words. I can't put them into sentences. But if you can find material that, yeah, that would be cool. We've got enough Spanish speakers in here. Holy cow. Okay, other questions. We're, we're starting to... <clears throat> Oh, yeah, we got the oaky white dude to do it. That sounds great. <laughs> Tortillas, Doritos. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, any other questions? Other questions? Okay, so now I think I hit what is going to be events. So these are some things you'll be able to sign up for. Living room Wednesday nights, we start on the 5th, so that's a couple Wednesdays away. You do need to sign up because we need to get you the survey. So this week I'll be working with, yeah, the signups will be on the tables right there. I'll be working with Tracy to get the surveys start to go out. Um, take you about 30 or 40 minutes to do the assessment, um, but you'll get back a report, which is pretty cool. We also get the report, so we're able to kind of like categorize who's where and what kind of strengths that we have um, within the church, so that's kind of cool. So that is starting February 5th. Um, men's discipleship group, that'll be on the 10th we're going to start, and we'll do, be the second and fourth Monday, so guys, you can come out for that, that's a 6.30 to 8 o'clock deal, um, and yes, I will try to stay on time like I am tonight, um, I believe it'll, it'll pro yes, let's just say yes, it's going to be here, that changes, I'll call or we'll text the guys that are in it and move it to what, whatever the respective place would be, but I'm, I'm assuming we're going to have another like decent sized group. So this will probably be the best place to accommodate it. Um, so men's discipleship group, February 10th, signups are there. Listen, even if you can't make all four, sign up. You'll still get some community. You'll get a little bit of growth in it as well. Um, we also have the, the youth summit. So this is our, our winter youth camp. This is on the 20, 21st, 22nd of February. It's only 30 bucks. We raise money for the kids. So if you have a kid that is of appropriate age, you can sign up, get them plugged in and sent off, get them out of your hair for the weekend. <laughs> did I just say that I did? <laughs> um, that's high school. That's our youth ministry. I'm sorry? Oh, 7 to 12, pardon me. So we capture the, some of the junior hires too. Um, and then a weekend to remember our marriage, look at how busy we already are. I'm not even halfway through the announcements. Okay, so the marriage retreat, something you need to sign up for. By the way, tomorrow's the last day for 50% off. So that covers the conference, 175. You, it's in Anaheim, so if you didn't want to go stay, you could drive back and forth. If you wanted to get a hotel room, you could get a hotel room on your own. I know some people are staying at the Hyatt, and I want to say it was like 130 bucks a night. I haven't actually checked it myself. I need to book us a room, actually. No, did it go? Well, I think he got a deal. He got, that was Ishmael. He got a deal. Yeah. He did. I don't know how he got it, but he said, you got to go get one. But I don't think it, the Hyatt's usually expensive. But nonetheless, you can find a hotel room in the area, but you do need to sign up and register online. When you register, you need to put in Wall Summit for the group because for every five people that sign up, we get a free one. So we could send somebody for free. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
There you go. There you go. Testimony in the work. 35 years. And I've met Phil. That's the grace of God. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I wish he was here. I mean, he'd be laughing. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so weekend to remember. Um, we also have the women's ministry. Their, their Bible studies are starting up um, February the 3rd. And then the women's breakfast is on February the 8th. That's the monthly breakfast. So ladies, you can get signed up, plugged into that. Looks like they're going to be studying the book of Hebrews. Is that correct, Judy? Yeah, cool. That's actually a really cool book. Who wrote it? That's the real question. I'm of the opinion it's the Apostle Paul, but hey. Um, community outreach. Um, these are the other things. If you're interested in participating in the community outreach, I need you to sign up. If you feel like God is poking at your heart, like, hey, I need to take lead on something, this is how we do this. We gather people together with like heart, and then we say, how are we going to get this done? You know, and then we build it, and then we drag people along with us to be a blessing to folks and serve the homeless, serve the elderly, and do that sort of stuff. So that's also a sign up there for community outreach. That's the elderly outreach, and that'll be a connection into one of the assisted living homes. Um, so you can sign up for that. Volunteers needed for Good Friday. We need both youth and old people. You're the old people. <laughs> How many do we need, Tracy? Do you know? Okay, so eight-ish. So let's make that number 10 because stuff happens. So let's say 10. I'd rather have backup than not enough. So 10 adults to help set it up, to be a, a room leader for the kids, help uh, coordinate people through the, the event. It's a pretty cool event, actually. I, I think that it's been something that we've done for Good Friday that has really been a blessing to our church. And it gets a lot of people involved as well, so I really like that too. So Good Friday volunteers. And then not to, we already talked about a little bit, VBS, we're looking for adults to sign up to help. Now, what areas do we need help with? Is it like everything crafts the whole bit or? Okay. Okay. Yep. And I will give you coffee drinks and smoothies like I do every year, God willing, I'll be here making you caffeined out and all that sort of fun stuff. So the VBS signups are on the table. And Guatemala missions, we have two trips going. The July trip, um, I'm leading the July trip. I'm God willing again, that's the plan. Um, the November trip, is that you leading? Is that the plan? Okay. So by the way, we drug a few of you over to Guatemala. Don't be surprised if we tap you on the shoulder and, say, and we say, hey, you should lead and we'll take the backup because we believe in releasing people, helping them grow. So two trips. The 21st window in November, that's the Thanksgiving week. Um, July, we just thought we'd pick the hottest week of the year. No, I'm <laughs> actually, it's not their summertime, so it's actually not as bad there. Um, their summertime's a different time of year, and, and it is hot when it's their summertime. Um, so the July uh, 11th through the 18th, that's the, the window in the middle of July. Um, just before VBS, I believe, is actually when it is. And did I beat an hour, Melinda? Because I let, wait, we get to take the questions out. I did not fail. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I'm actually pretty proud of myself. I'm, I'm long-winded. That was good. I, okay. Yeah, it's Caesar, it's all your fault. Where the heck are you? 
You're buying her coffee, not me. Okay, so um, that is it for tonight. The, the, the thing I want to charge you with as is, is you're leaving is I want you to be praying. Like, what is God saying to you about some of the stuff that we're trying to release and launch? Because you might be right in the middle of it. You might be the person that we've been praying for to step up and say, I, I got this one. I'll help get this started. And truthfully, everything we're doing, we're trying to do team leadership because when you rest it on one person, we all have lives. We have kids, we have jobs, we have demands. But if there's two or three people and they're back at each other, that's a much better model. So that's actually what we're trying to build more and more as we're releasing ministries and building them. So with that said, I'm going to pray us out. You guys can do the signups at the table. I'm sure there's still dessert. And then we got to tear the, the food stuff down. If you want to stick around, help a little bit. That would be a blessing as well. So you guys good? No last minute questions. We're good? Good? Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for our church. 13 years. Remarkable um, that you've kept us, you've sustained us, even with all of my knuckleheadedness in leading this thing. Times I've made just enormous mistakes, and your grace covered them, and you taught me, and you taught us. And God, we're just really grateful that, it, that Summit was actually your idea, and that it still is your idea. God, we pray that you would bless our plans as we sought you and we wanted to walk with you and build something that's meaningful to expand people's hearts and so that they can become disciples who expand your kingdom. God, I pray that you'd help us do that. So for all that we'll endeavor into, I pray your grace over it, for your help in it, and that it would be fun. It's just a good, wild, exciting ride where we get to touch lots of lives in your name. So as we prepare to go, God, keep your hand on us, bless us. Great rest for those who have to work and do uh, just life, jump right back into life. God, I pray for strength and health. But thank you for tonight and what you're doing in our church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.